Welcome to the Fountain Coffee Break. This is episode two, the podcast where we take a break from our day lives and grab a glass of cold iced tea and discuss about front end topics. My name is Ricardo Torres and with me, Chucho Castañeda. Hello. We're both senior front end software engineers at Cognizant Eccentric. And today we're going to talk about desktop apps, specifically desktop apps created with front end tech, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. But first, let's talk about why front end technologies. Chucho? Well, I mean, this is the kind of things that we do. And I remember that um, when I was learning um, development, you know, in, in, in college, I started working with other languages, C++ and these kind of things. And I, although it was very nice, very satisfying, I, I didn't find it completely satisfying. It wasn't exactly my thing until I found out what technology started working, creating web pages. That's, I said, this is what I'd like. And part of the reason of this is because, at least for me, I love front-end technologies because they're sort of like a, um, they give you, in a way, instant gratification of the work that you're doing. You know, you, you take a notepad and that's it. You don't need anything else. A simple notepad, uh, add a couple of files, just drop them on the browser, and then you see your results there immediately. And I think it's fantastic. I... Remember that, for example, um, back then, as I said, I was working with C++ and I also Visual Basic, and I loved working with Visual Basic, and I knew that I wanted something that was more, you know, visual for me. And front-end technologies, eventually, the the area that I ended up working with happily is 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 what I like. And although I'm working with these kind of technologies, it's um, I still like the idea of building, for example, applications not only for desktop but for maybe for phones and all these kind of things. And now that this can be done, you know, you can grab these things that we already know and do it. Well, why not? I mean, yeah, I, I think most of us started like, like you say, I myself as well when I was studying back then. Sure, only the terminal doing C, whatever. And then we moved on to .NET and then PHP and stuff. But when you get into the web, and did you just say, yeah? I mean, yeah, I remember nights just coding with Notepad, you know, B tag, strong tag, and all those things. It's very, very satisfying that you just save a file, refresh, and that's it. You don't need any compilers, any weird stuff on your machine. It's just a text file. You open it in back then in Internet Explorer, and, and you were done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I feel you. And I do like when, I mean, when to, you, you, to your friends, you say, okay, what would you do? And you show them the website you're working on, the client you're working on. They don't see, like, I'm sorry, back in there. They don't see the microservices. They don't see the databases. They just see, okay, the layouts and the user interaction, the JavaScript that you're doing, all those things. They, they see that because they can touch it. But the back end, not so well, much. It's important, but at least uh, what, if it breaks, if the front end breaks, the back end, it's like it doesn't matter how good it is. It, it, it's really not. doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah. And, well, you know, and... Also, one fantastic thing about JavaScript, especially, is that nowadays you can build well, basically anything. I mean, it's it's just become so powerful, and web browsers have, have been able. Well, web browsers it, things have been added, features have been being added to to JavaScript, and eventually we have a very powerful language with which we can do basically anything. So you know, it, it's the web applications. When you go to a website, some some of them are so advanced that you would say, hey, you know, I don't. See the difference between this uh, and maybe a, a native web, uh, a native desktop app, or a, even a native phone application. So it's like, well, if I can do something that is very close to native, why not doing in, in this technology that I already know? You know, there's this uh, law that I didn't know up until quite recently, uh, the Atwood's law, which is uh, it was 
said by Jeff Atwood, the creator of Stack Overflow, and it's any application that can be written in JavaScript will eventually be written in JavaScript, you know? <laughs> <laughs> People hate JavaScript, but we love JavaScript. JavaScript is great. I think there, it's a love-hate relationship between JavaScript and everyone else. You know, there's uh, a lot of people that say, I, I've, I've been reading some articles, people saying, yeah, you know, I hate JavaScript, but still I'm going to work on it because I, it's like the best option that I that I have currently. You know, it's like, I don't I, like how this is done, but I'm still going to work on it. No, I think, I, I mean, if at the beginning, sure, it's strange if you come from maybe a, a typed uh, language where you say, okay, this can you can do anything with this. But once you get into it, I think it, it gives you the freedom. And if you like typing, of course, the magic word, the magic word, TypeScript. <laughs> uh, definitely, man. I mean, you can do practically anything with, with JavaScript. What are the greatest things you, you've seen with JavaScript? Don, I think the things that have impressed me the most are those that are more oriented to games. I mean... Well, of course, Doom runs on everything. You, you, you know, uh, Doom. I think once you told game, me, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you have something like Doom, or I've even seen emulators uh, from. Uh, well, no, emulators created in JavaScript, uh, Nest emulator, a Commodore sixty four emulator, and I think one of the things that I've seen more impressive is um, uh, Windows three point one and emulation of Windows three point one and other operating systems done in JavaScript. I mean, you pretty much can do anything. What uh, applications have you seen that have wowed you made in JavaScript or with JavaScript? I mean, uh, until I knew, like, PS Code and all the code editors, the, the, the new ones, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, until they, somebody tells you this is actually JavaScript, it's like, really? Is it JavaScript? I mean, if you don't know, just open, like, PS Code, right? Or open Atom or all those uh, uh, cool editors. It's, it's amazing. Like... Um, I'm speechless. Like, yeah, sure, and games and that stuff that, that that's fun and canvas and doing three uh, D <laughs> stuff. Uh, that that's cool. But like the feeling, right? The feeling of this, this feels native. This like um, yeah, opens like a desktop app. You can access the file system. It's like I don't know. I mean, how? How? <laughs> I was very surprised when I found out that uh, that VS Code was done in 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 in, in really with web technologies, and it it makes sense because you know the first moment that I found out is. When they said that you could use in VS Code on your browser to work on your Git projects, was it? And I was like, "Wow, they did a VS Code. That must have been quite hard, because you know it's a it's a native app, or at least so I thought. It's it is native in a way, but it's but I really thought it was something I don't know built in Java, C Python. I don't know, but it was like natively built and compiled, and suddenly they made it web. It's like wow, it should have been like a big." A lot of work, and suddenly it's like, no, no, it's 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 you know, it's a JavaScript application, and it's really running inside a uh, some, some sort of web container. It's like, what? <laughs> it isn't it? Uh, yeah, if you haven't tried that, just go to GitHub and press the dot on your keyboard on any repository, and it will fire the the yeah, Git VS Code on your browser. It's amazing. And yeah, and 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 there's other applications, for example, Slack uh, that we use. I think um, Microsoft Teams, I think it's also built in, yeah, in, correct. in, in the same way. Um, there's one that I use that I, that I really like. It's called RemNote, uh, which uh, I, uh, it's the same thing. It's really an, a web application that was uh, transformed into a desktop application in, in some sort of manner. Mm. I'm not entirely sure what they used, but it's also like that. And I don't know, do you remember any other um, desktop application, Atom? 
Yeah, I think like Twitch also and also more and more. But uh, do you know how, how everything started? Because it feels like we are now at, at this mm. moment where everything feels natural. Yes, sure. Desktop apps, sure. Electron. But have you like, what, what's, what's your first point of contact with code can be just written in HTML, JavaScript, it says, but actually built for, for desktops? It was, I think it was around 2007 or 2008 that I found out this project that was uh, called Titanium. And it eventually evolved into something uh, different. You know, they, uh, they, they grabbed Titanium and they created, uh, it forked somehow and it created like a Titanium version for, de for desktop applications and a Titanium version for mobile applications. I think one was called Accelerator. It became the one that, that goes on the, on the desk, uh, mobile applications. And then um, for the desktop, they called it uh, something similar to Ty Time SDK, I don't remember. It was something like that. But I found it out in, in when it was Titanium. And I said, okay. So I, it was back when I was starting to get more into front-end development. I was still doing what it's called right now, you know, the full stack. I was working doing back-end front-end. Uh, but I was getting more and more interested in front-end, the company that I was working it in. So I was getting very much into CSS, HTML, and JavaScript, and I loved it. And then I found this, you know, it's like, oh, so I can actually use all this knowledge that I have and create a desktop app. Because one of the things that, that were limiting myself um, when I was doing, you know, personal projects was that I wanted to either, well, uh, read from a file, you know, read and write files. And this is something that you cannot uh, necessarily do. Uh, you can just create, for example, an output and you can copy, paste it and save it in a file and vice versa, you know, you can copy, blah, 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 and an input. But I, 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 I was lacking that. And I remember that back then, uh, the only time that I participated in one of the Google uh, challenges, you know, the one that they do once a year. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I went in with a couple of friends. One of, them, one of them was programming in Java. The other one was doing things, I think, in Perl. And I said, okay, I'm going to choose my, my poison is JavaScript. But, you know, I needed to read and write files. Uh, so I said, okay, what can I do? I, I started looking into Titanium. I said, okay, I'm going to use Titanium. And I actually participated with a little application in Titanium that uh, I compiled every time to read the files and I'll do these kind of things. But that's more or less when, when I started working with, with these kind of applications. And eventually, I also tried out Accelerator and uh, eventually PhoneGap and did a little bit of, of, of um, development for 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 mobile, mobile applications. Devices, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but it was before um, they had to, I think that back then Apple uh, was allowing web container applications. I, I think it was like that. And then suddenly they said, no, no, if it's a web container application, we don't want it. Well, uh, Apple Store, money, yeah, it's it's business. But anyhow, that that's, I guess, that the, the, the beginning of it. But then eventually, I don't know if you ever um, uh, worked on, on a Mac, uh, Mac OS 7 or 8. Not, not, not so early, no. Well, they had um, widgets, and widgets were like small little widgets, little applications that that you could place in in your dashboard. They mainly, you know, like the clock, and you can see um, a calculator. You can also have things like little puzzles and other things. And widgets back then were done also in in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Nice. Actually, yeah. If you if you a widget was a widget was a folder with a .wdgt or something extension, and then Mac recognized it as a widget, and then it it, it ran it as a widget. But it was a web container in the end, I think. 
and it was created HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And I mingled a little bit with that, trying to create some small applications to, to work on. Nothing major, just was curious about it. And uh, it was interesting because you could, for example, in Safari, you could go to any website, grab a piece of the website, and create a widget out of it. And so it was a little like a little piece of, of application. And then lastly, I think, well, the, the, the one most recently that I worked with is Electron, precisely doing a little bit of experiments. I think that you've experimented a little bit with, with Electron as well, right? Yes, correct. I checked the, the website, did some proof of concepts to see how, how easy it is. And it's really, really easy and fast to, to create applications. Hmm. Now, one thing that I never tried, but I always was curious about was Windows 8. You know, when they were, yes, when they were creating Windows 8, uh, I think in 2000, I have it in, 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 in some notes here. In June 2011, they announced that, uh, I'm going to read from it, uh, Windows 8 essentially supports two kinds of applications. One is classic Windows applications, which runs on a desktop very similar to window, to the Windows 7 desktop. But the other type of application, which has to be written in HTML5 and JavaScript, looks more like a mobile application, filling the full screen. And they say, well, of course, it, it ran over uh, Internet Explorer 10. But the idea is that they, they on, on, you know, it was a complete sh change of, of shift of the way that they did the, uh, the operating system back then. And they act, were actually thinking about, okay, so we're going to allow people to create applications for Windows 8 in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Never managed to, to try it out. I don't know if that was even implemented or not. But I didn't was, know, no, no. It was interesting. I mean, for me... You know, it was more or less like a validation of the type of work that you were doing, front-end work, and then suddenly it's like, yeah, you know, uh, one of the most uh, important uh, operative systems, OS, is going to be working with web applications or HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. It's like, okay, I learned the, the, the correct thing. The correct the correct pathway, definitely. Definitely. But why? So why why you, like, okay, we say we have these uh, frameworks now, Electron and all those things that bootstrap you and let you create your, your things very quick and dirty and easy and, and fast and sure. NPM run build, and it generates the packages for, for different system operating systems. But why? Why do you think for you is a good idea to use front-end technologies? I mean, is it, is it better? Is it worse? Is it like, what, what do you consider? I think um, we have pros and cons using this kind of, doing these kind of applications. We can, we can talk about, about it a little bit. But I think that the main one is because you already have that knowledge. You know, and a lot of uh, right now, I think for, uh, web development in general is something uh, that has skyrocketed. And there's a lot of people that's doing web development. That that's that's what a lot of people learn on their own. I've seen uh, a lot of people say, hey, you know, I'm starting to, to learn web development using, I don't know, Angular, Svelte or, or you know, the, the frameworks and, and stuff. And I see a lot of people that, that that do this because it's not really that hard to start working on it. And so you have you get a lot of people, a lot of experts and a lot, and a lot of knowledge uh, based on this, and if you, for whatever reason, and we could talk about those, you need a desktop application, and imagine that you already have a team that knows how to do web applications, and you need to. Uh, you're not a big company; you need to write a desktop application. What do you do? Do you hire new people so that they can work on the desktop application? In this case, you have at least the choice of grabbing these people that already have this knowledge. They only have to learn a few new things, and then just put them to work inside. An application. Will, will an, an application made with just JavaScript, HTML, and CSS be as performant as a, a native one written in whatever it is it in, in Mac? Or is they use Flutter, Objective-C, I, I don't know anymore. But I, 
I, I've heard, I, I've read about this in, in, in regarding on, on how performant these applications are. Of course, the answer is uh, most likely no. I mean, mm. especially if you if you work in, in things, I, I would say, like, for example, C++ that when it, it compiles, compiles to very close to, to, to native code. So it's supposed to be, like, super efficient. I mean, if you want a really efficient uh, desktop application, I would definitely go for other choices. Not Java, for example, <laughs> but something more, more performant, something that is really performant. And this... I wouldn't exactly go for it because, um, I mean, we've seen um, some applications that they're very resource intensive. If this kind of application, desktop applications created with web technologies, they're very resource intensive. And in theory, they are not going to be as fast as, as native. But people would say, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, hey, you know, it doesn't matter because we can actually, uh, with the computers that we now have, it runs like lightning fast and it goes perfectly well. It's like, yeah. What do you yeah, think I mean, sure, it? if you have a, a 4,000 euros Mac, it doesn't hurt as much. But now, from my understanding, like when you have a different application with Electron, you have like five apps. These five apps, they all spawn an instance of Google Chrome or Chromium in this case, right? So so like you have five browsers running at the same time and, and you can see that maybe on your machine when you're developing, you have Slack, you have all those things open and and the machine starts, you know, working and you have the CPU at whatever percent. And it's just, dude, it's just HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. But you have so many instances because all the apps you have on your machine are now web apps and each one has an instance of Chrome. Maybe it's not the best solution. I don't know. Maybe we are overdoing it. I'm not sure. Well, you know, the, 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 the typical meme of saying like Google Chrome, oh, so you have more RAM. Let me take a little bit of that from you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and and that's what prompted me to also investigate other frameworks. It, it turns out Electron is not the only choice out there. Um, I read about, I lost it now, uh, Tauri. Tauri is another framework which um, they compare like a boilerplate, simple application to-do list with Electron and Tauri and looks like Tauri uses way less memory and way less packages and, and stuff. Um, so then I think this is a nice segue to ask when would you create a desktop app or when would you simply have a tab open in your Chrome? Because for some applications, maybe it doesn't make sense. I mean, when does it make sense? Well, th this, is, this, is, this is an interesting um, topic because as you say, the, the, one of the nice things and, uh, about building, one of the pros about building a desktop web-based app is that it, you have the versatility to have it in, 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 in your Chrome as a tab or maybe as a native desktop app. Why would you want it not to be on a tab? And I think it, it, it depends uh, on a lot of things. For example, one of them is uh, maybe security. Why? It's like both are, are web applications, yes, but at least, for example, in, in a native, uh, in a desktop web app, you have control regarding on what is inside that, that instance. You know, you don't have to worry about um, third parties or people that are, that are adding um, those plugins or add-ons on, on, on on, your, on the browser, and you know, there's sometimes some. I, I've had the, the the. I've been in a situation in which suddenly it's like, oh no no, this 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 uh, add-on that you have, it's no longer working because it was a. <laughs> it has a, a security risk. It's like what? <laughs> so at least, for example, th that's one thing. You know, that if, if you're working with sensitive data, maybe it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, be a little bit more secure. And then again, once again. Um, for example, we were talking the other day in, in the company on RemNote, that this is a, an application that you can use and it remotely saves everything in the cloud. And they were saying, well, 
you know, if you're using it for work, it has sensitive data. You really want all the sensitive data on the cloud. And it's like, if the company doesn't like it, it's okay because I can save it in my local instance, you know, I mean, in, in, in a safe way. It's not like I'm going to clear all the cache and then suddenly I, I don't have all the data, data, but I can actually save it in files that I can then move around, but I can have it physically only on my on my desktop. So that adds a little bit of, of also privacy or security. Yeah, and I think you hit actually the point where you talk about files, right? Because if you have just a Chrome, regular Chrome instance, and you have your application, whatever, chucha.com, and then sure, maybe it's offline, maybe you have support for offline, so you don't need to connect to anywhere. Maybe you will store everything in the, in the local storage, so you don't need actually to fetch any API or anything. But still, right, still you, you have uh, no possibility to actually store files persistently in your disk, check them, open them. Uh, and probably for users, it's even if you you would say in your website, yeah, sure, this works offline. Yes, sure, we store things locally. An end user, uh, not a power user, would much rather have a desktop app that they think, okay, sure, this stores in my disk, and I have it. I never lose it, even if my my I lose internet connection or whatever, right? So yeah, yes. that, that, that's a good one. Yeah, privacy. Mm -hmm. And also, for example, this is now that you talk about offline. One of the nice things about it is that especially depending on the kind of, of application that you're building, you usually, I know that there's like a lot of hosting, free hosting solutions out there. You know, you can always get a free hosting to host your, your application, but it gets to a point, at least in my experience, that if, if it's really uh, successful, that you actually will start to need to pay for a host, either because of you need a more um, bandwidth or um, whatever, and you need to pay for a host. And with a web app, it's like, no, you can save it, store it in a free location, and people can download it. Maybe even you can store it in GitHub, and people can download it and build it themselves. And it's like no hosting for you. And the application exists, and people can use it, and maybe even download all the resources, and they can have it locally. They can have the resources locally stored, and there's no need to connect to the internet. And this is not, um, uh, we're not talking about working offline, because you can do that, well, for example, in progressive web apps. But it's about, um, the ability that you don't need to store this anywhere, only the application, and once it's unloaded, that's it. And you can even push for for uh, updates through, for example, Electron has a, a way to push for, for updates. And you don't need to store anything. You, so I think that that's an advantage. It, it's true. It's a good point. I mean, in the end, um, we, we all work on, on enterprise uh, websites and applications, and definitely like the operations cost of hosting, maintaining, um, you know, CDNs, all those things, it's it's thousands and thousands of, of viewers, right? So definitely, if it's a side project for you, maybe it doesn't make sense to, to make it as a website, but rather... Uh, when it, you see that it's growing, maybe move it to a desktop app, definitely. Um, and also, I would say, also depends on what the, the app actually does, right? Because if you're saying, okay, it's a to-do list, uh, maybe you don't need to uh, have a native app, which is a Chrome, Chromium instance just for a checkbox. No checkbox you can, you can do in, in a regular tab. Um, yeah. But And... For example, as we've discussed in the previous episode, we talked about blogs, and you know, there's a lot of solutions that you can where where you can host the bl the blogs, and that's fine. In this case, for the, for these kind of applications, maybe you don't these solutions are not uh, good, so you you don't need to to host um, the application anywhere in particular, just to download it, and that's good. And I guess that also one of the nice things is about, and this is like for example, the promise that we get with things like Java. You know, when Java was created, one of the nice things that they promised is like, well, you only do it once and it runs everywhere. 
And technically, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you can run Java in your in Windows, in Mac, in Linux, in your phone, in your fridge, in your toaster, and it will work. But in a way, this is also true. You know, you can also um, create a web application, a desktop application that actually compiles to every single operating system that is supported by, of course, the, the whatever tool you're using. In this case, for example, with Electron, I think you can use, you can get at least Mac and, and Windows, you can. And I'm not entirely sure, but I think also you can get um, Linux. And th that's the nice thing. And native web browsing for whatever has a web browser, well, you can also get it. But that, that's fantastic that you only build it once. You can even say, okay, I'm going to um, open a dialogue, a native dialogue. Each one is going to be different. Each one is going to be a native dialogue of whatever OS you're in. And this is fantastic. You only have to uh, build it once, and then you can deploy it um, to different platforms. The same thing was true with uh, back with PhoneGap, for example. They say, okay, you can build an app once and then deploy it for Android, for Windows Phone back then, for um, um, uh, iOS. I think that's one of my great things. Okay, but we, we are ends and we know that we love frameworks. And I want to ask you, Chucha, <laughs> if you were to now code an Electron app, would you choose a front-end framework or library, name it React, name it Svelte, name it Angular, for your um, native, not native, sorry, desktop application, which is a web app? Would you choose a framework? I, I think I would go for, I would, it, it depends. You know, if it's something very small, I might just go for vanilla JavaScript because JavaScript as it's evolving, it's every day more and more powerful. And but I, I think in general, the one the application that I'm I'm currently working in that I'll start working on on Electron is I'm gonna build it on Svelte. Why? Because I like Svelte in general. It's not because it's Svelte. I think it's better than any other thing. But I like it. I want to you know in these kind of things, I usually do it just for fun. I want to try it out. I think it's going. It, it works nice. And um, so yeah, I would use it. But then you have the issue like. I, I've heard people say and read about people saying, yeah, you know, the, uh, the bad thing about it is that if you do it in, in a downside of doing it like this is if you want to update uh, Angular 1 to Angular 2, then it's a, like a lot of uh, rework that you need to do. And I don't know. What do you think about this? Yeah, I, I guess the same argument as for web, but I don't think it changes. Even if you're doing okay, a network web or you're doing a desktop app, choosing a framework is always complicated and you have to weigh pros and cons. As you say, upgrading, maintenance, security, and all those things that maybe with just plain JavaScript. Um, but, you know, nowadays everybody loves frameworks, so it's 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 the way to go. <laughs> and, and it does um, save a lot of work, you know. Yeah, what you talked about at the beginning, yes, uh, with just uh, NPM install, create React app, you are done. Yes. And there's a lot of, for example, in Electron, I think that there's a few uh, boilerplates that are already built, at least with Svelte, I found a few. And I'm sure that you can find a lot of others built with React and Angular, uh, to name just a couple. And if yeah. not, you can build yourself one. And people could use that. And reuse it as a template. Yes. Now, and what do you think about uh, user interface? You know, it's very different when you're working with a desktop application, what you expect when you're working on a, on a web application. I mean, do you think that this is like a challenge? Um, it would be for me. I'm not a designer, right? But I, I know from all these years working on web, I think more or less I can more or less guide you when it comes to, to design on the web. But desktop, it's different. You know, it, it's the UIs are different. Uh, what I think what you as a user expect when clicking a button or those things, it, it's different. So I would imagine um, not all designers can design for web and desktop at the same time. I mean, we've seen it when you get a, a designer from, from product, from physical product and try to do web, they mm -hmm. don't know how. So I would imagine, yes, the mindset must be different. Oh, the, the same thing I, I was saying. I mean, probably it, it will work, 
But when you work on these kind of applications, you do have to shift the way that you think. It's like you don't have to think it about like a long page that you can the user can scroll. I mean, you could, but you can You have to think like everything should be more or less visible, and also you have access to menus and this kind of things based that are um, available for for native applications. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Menus and, and like a lot of maybe APIs that might you might not have access maybe on on, on the web. Right? I mean, we yeah. know we have cameras and Bluetooth and everything, but but I guess on on desktop you have even more stuff to consider. Yeah, like for example, in in macOS you can build um, the progress bar. You know, when you're doing something, you can actually look at the progress in in the icon in in, in the. Oh, nice! Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this is kind of things that you can do there that you cannot necessarily do on a regular uh, definitely. Browser. Now. I think that the last question would be, do you think that these kind of applications, after we've talked about them, do you think that this is like the future of, of desktop uh, native uh, applications, maybe? Should they, was Windows 8 correct in thinking that this is the way to go? Uh, it's hard to tell and have a magic crystal ball, but I do see the potential, right? I mean, we're seeing right now you're coding in VS Code, Slack. The potential is there, and I think it, it works very nicely. It has to be done correctly, right? You can you can mess it up, but definitely it's something I think everybody and any front-end developer should explore and, and try it yourself. Try a POC and, and judge by yourself. I mean, what do you think? And yeah, so I, I guess that this would be the question. I mean, for for those listening to us, do you think um, this is the future for of desktop native applications, maybe development, or if not? What kind of desktop applications using web technologies would you build? What kind of things would you tinker with? Then we wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.